Praise God, praise God. Welcome to Genesis 1 Christian Ministries. Pastor Mike here. Why don't we go straight to prayer? Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord God, we thank you so much for this time we're about to have with you, O Lord God. And I pray in the name of Jesus, O Lord God, that the Holy Spirit will minister to the hearts and the minds and the spirits of every single listener out there today. Speak to them in your own special way, O Lord God. Let them know that you are Lord God Jehovah, that nothing is too hard for you, and that you can touch them where they are. Lord God, speak to them, I pray, in the name of Jesus. I give this time and this space entirely over to you, O Lord God. Take it where you will, for your honor and your glory and your praise. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God again. Welcome to Genesis 1. I'm glad you could join us. And I just want to ask you a quick question here. And, uh, 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 and that is, are you wrestling with uh, anything in your life today? Uh, any struggles that are going on? Uh, are you in a spot that seems to be impossible? Uh, that, that, that there's just no turning around, that there's no escaping it, okay? Well, I'm here to bring some good news to you today from the Word of God, and that is to let you know that if you're in a situation that you feel is an impossible one, to let you know that God can indeed turn the situation around. God can turn our situations around in this, this country, in your country, in your county, your city, your, city, your state, or whatever, wherever you are, whatever situation you have right now that may seem to be impossible, God can turn it around. God is a God of the impossible. There's nothing that is too hard for him to do. If you're facing any kind of difficult circumstances, as I said, God can turn it around. Jeremiah 32, 17 says, Our Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. There is nothing too hard for you. There is nothing too hard for God. He is limitless in power and ability. Things that look and seem impossible to us are nothing before him. We believe that there is no sickness too great and no problem so overwhelming that God cannot overcome. He is the almighty God and his power is able. God still does miracles today. Sometimes you may feel like what's going on in your life or what's going on around you in the world or whatever, like you need a miracle or well, God still does miracles. And I always say, you may have heard me say before, the reason that we don't see more miracles today is because we don't believe that God is able to do miracles. All right. So God still does miracles today. The power of God is able to turn situations around. God has given us his power, but we need to learn how to get it active and how to get it working in our lives in order to turn things around. Okay? God is there to turn impossible situations around. I'm going to repeat that many times during the course of this message. If you are facing an impossible battle right now and you need God to turn it around, remember David and Goliath. God will also fight for you. The same way he fought with David to overcome Goliath. David was able to beat the giant and win the battle with God's help. He knew how to get God involved in the impossible situation. And what happened? God turned it around. So I say to you today, what situation do you need turned around? Do you have financial challenges? Are there health problems? Are there life-threatening illnesses with you or a family member? Family, marriage, and relationship difficulties? Is that what's going on in your life? Are there court and legal battles uh, that may be going on? Are you losing your home, suffering with the economy, or anything else that is out there that is 
you're wrestling with right now. Whatever challenge you're facing, God is bigger. Remember that. Whatever challenge you're facing, God is bigger. If you're crying out, God help, then know that he is your helper. All right? All right? If you are crying out, God help, you have to know that God is indeed your helper. There were people in the Bible, many people in the Bible, who faced desperate situations but came out of them with God's help. Your question might be right there today, will God help me and turn it around? That question floated through your mind. Will God help me and turn it around? God wants to help. Some need God's help but don't know if he will do anything. Simple as that. God is anxious to show you his willingness. You know, the leper who came to Jesus needed, uh, needed this issue answered and Jesus said, I will. So God has a will to help you. God wants to turn your situation around. Your question might also be, how can I get God's help? Maybe that's the big question. Okay, Pastor Mike, you're saying that, but how can I get God's help? God can and wants to turn your situation around. He wants to help you. Many who need God's help desperately cry out for him to turn things around. Many do. You know, but in addition to crying out, we must believe. Okay? Crying out is not enough. You must believe. When people came to Jesus, he wanted to know if they believed. Crying out was not enough. They needed to believe. And that was what Jesus always asked them. Do you believe that I am able to do this? Do you believe that Jesus is able to turn your situation around? That God is there to help you? Jesus indeed turned things around. Many who came to Jesus faced desperate situations, even impossible challenges. They were right at the end of all hope when they came to Jesus and then they walked away free after having an encounter with Jesus. Jesus turned things around for them, and he will also turn it around for you. But you need to believe him. Okay, that is the key. Out of everything that you're going to hear today in this message, you have to believe him. You have to believe what the word of God is saying. Amen. Let's go to John chapter 4. John chapter 4. John chapter 4, and we're going to start with verse number 47. John chapter 4, verse 47. Now would be a good time to say, if you don't have your Bible, hit the pause button, run and get it. Get a pencil and a piece of paper, maybe take some notes as Holy Spirit uh, so guides. It's important for you to, to, to mark where we are in the Bible so you can see God's word for yourself, not just taking my word for it, so you can see and hear and read God's word for yourself and let Holy Spirit you know, indicate where you need to make markings so you can revisit those spots at some other point in time and you need those particular words. Amen. So John 4 and starting with verse 47, having, having heard that Jesus had come back from Judea into Galilee, he went away to meet him and began to beg him to come down and cure his son, who was lying at the point of death. Then Jesus said to him, Unless you see signs and miracles happen, you people never will believe. Trust, have faith at all. And I say that today also. You know, We're looking for all sorts of signs and wonders before we believe. If you start believing, you'll see more signs and wonders and miracles in your life. If you start believing, you'll see the hand of God activated mightily in your life to the point where you'll be totally, oh my gosh, gee whiz, thank you, Jesus. Okay, but you have to believe, all right? And then it says in verse number 49, the king's officer pleaded with him, sir, do come down at once before my little child is dead. Jesus answered him, go in peace, your son will live. He said, go in peace, your son will live. And the man put his trust in that Jesus said, and what Jesus said, and started home. 
But even as he was on the road going down, his servants met him and reported, saying, Your son lives, your son lives. So he asked them at what time he had begun to get better. They said, Yesterday, during the seventh hour, which is about one o'clock in the afternoon, the fever left him. Then the father knew that it was at that very hour when Jesus had said to him, Your son will live. And he and his entire household believed. They believed. They adhered to, they trusted in, and they relied on Jesus. This is the second sign, wonder work miracle, that Jesus performed after he had come out of Judea into Galilee. Okay, So he realized that at the very same time, at the time that Jesus said, Go in peace, your son will live. Okay, And he put his trust in what Jesus said, and he started home. You see, So he believed. Okay, And that's what activated the faith. That activated, all right? So again, I say, if you've got this desperate situation, you've got to believe that when you call out to God, that if you believe, that he will indeed answer you, and he will respond, and he will turn your situation around. We see also that if you go to uh, Luke Luke's, uh, 7, go to Luke chapter 7, and start with verse number 1, Luke 7, verse number 1, after Jesus had finished all that he had to say in the hearing of the people on the mountain, he entered Capernaum. Now a centurion had a bondservant who was held in honor and highly valued by him, who was sick and at the point of death. Sick and at the point of death. And when the centurion heard of Jesus, he sent some Jewish elders to him, requesting him to come and make his bondservant dwell. And when they reached Jesus, they begged him earnestly, saying, he is worthy that you should do this for him, for he loves our nation, and he built us our synagogue at his own expense. And Jesus went with them. But when he was not far from the house, the centurion sent some friends to him, saying, Lord, do not trouble yourself, do not trouble yourself, for I am not sufficiently worthy to have you come under my roof. Neither did I consider myself worthy to come to you. But just speak the word, and my servant boy will, boy will be healed. You see how much he believed? He said, Jesus, just speak the word. You know, he said, I'm not worthy that a person like you, that you, that you should come into my house. But just, just speak the word. He had so much faith in Jesus that he said, just merely speak the word, okay? And I know that he'll be healed, all right? He goes on to say, for I also am a man daily subject to authority with soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my bondservant, do this, and he does it. Now, when Jesus heard this, he marveled at him, and he turned and said to the crowd that followed him, I tell you, not even all in Israel have I found such faith as this. Okay? Jesus recognized the faith that this man had, and even Jesus had to marvel. Jesus was so accustomed to running in so many people that just didn't believe, you know, and now we have this man that's just saying, just say the word and I know that he will be healed. Verse number 10 says, and when the messengers who had sent returned to the house, had been sent, returned to the house, they found the bondservant who had been, been ill quite well again. He was healed. Okay. He was quite well again. Soon afterward, Jesus went to a town called Nain and his disciples and a great throng accompanied him. Just as he drew near the gate of the town, behold, a man who had died was carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow, and a large gathering from the town was accompanying her. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said, Do not weep. And he went forward and touched the funeral bear, and the pallbearer stood still. And he said, Young man, I say to you, arise from death. Arise. Jesus touched the, touched the, the uh, casket and said, Arise. 
and the man who was dead sat up and began to speak, and Jesus gave him back to his mother. Profound and reverent fear seized them all, and they began to recognize God and praise and give thanks, saying, A great prophet has appeared among us, and God has visited his people in order to help and care for and provide for them all. Okay, so again, we see, we see cries of desperation followed with, accompanied with strong belief is what activated the faith and therefore activated the healing. And in this particular case, the bringing back to life of someone who is even dead. Okay, so we see that God can indeed turn a situation around. I don't care how far it's gone, how bad it's gotten, how, how, how deeply rooted the problem or the issue is in your life. If you believe and you call out to God and you articulate to God what is going on, I mean, not that he doesn't know, but God wants us to speak to him, to come to him and to admit, Lord, I need your help. God, I need your help. Lord Jesus, take the situation and just turn it around. I know that you can. I know that you can. And you have that faith, then indeed it will happen. Okay. But it needs to have your faith. Okay. We see another example here. If we go to Mark, uh, Mark 5. You know, it's important that we read these words in Scripture. And I'm just, just scratching the surface here. Mark, Mark 5, verse 22. And I'm just scratching the surface here because there are so many Scriptures on, on, on the miracles and the amazing healings and, and, and things that Jesus did. There are many Scriptures here that also where Jesus speaks to the lack of faith that was in some of the towns, that was in some of the areas, you know? You know? So, so, so here, the key is that God can turn that situation around in your life, whatever it is that's troubling you, whatever it is that's plaguing you, whatever it is that's going on, but you have to believe. You know, we are, we are in an economic situation right now that is just, you know, according to what they say, you know, is getting worse and worse and worse. But I have faith. I know that God will bring us through. God will bring us through to find food on the shelves. God will bring us through to be able to get gas. God will bring us through and these gas prices will come down and God will bring us through so that eventually things are operating the way God wants them to happen. But in the meantime, we have to maintain faith. You can't look at what's going on around you. You can't look at what's happening in your life. You can't, you can't always, I mean, yeah, listen to the news, but that should help to direct your prayer. Okay, listening to news today should, should help to direct your prayer. It helps you to realize where, what areas you need to pray for, what areas you need to pray in, what spirits of darkness you need to bind up. Okay, but we have to have faith and belief that God can bring us through, that God can turn the situation around for us in this land, in the land of whatever country you're living in, okay, it can also, God can also turn things around for you personally, okay, for you personally, for your family. Whatever economic situation is, you know, relationship matters, you, you've got a child, you know, a son or a daughter that's got issues going on and you're, you're wrestling with them, God can turn that situation around. As I said in several sermons ago, a few of them, that, that, that the children are under attack, that can be turned around also. We need to pray for protection, godly protection of our children. Because there is a, a consecrated, concentrated, I should say, effort here to, to, to get the children, to shape them and mold them in the ways of the world. To bring them away from what, what God says is the role for children and the life for children, you know, with, with parental, godly, godly parental guidance, which is what's needed also. You know, you know, God can turn the situation around concerning our children. Amen. But we have to have faith. God is on the case. God has not gone anyplace. God knows what is going on. Amen. Amen. But God, so God can turn it around. Mark 5, 
Verse 22, again now, starting with 22. Then one of the rulers of the synagogue came up, Jairus by name, and seeing him, he prostrated himself at his feet and begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her so that she may be healed and live. Now, right away, come and lay hands on her so you, she can be healed and live. So in his mind, it was a foregone conclusion that if Jesus could come and lay hands on her, that the little girl would live. Okay, so right away, he's demonstrating tremendous belief, just saying, if you can just come. Um, verse 24, and Jesus went with him, and a great crowd kept following him and pressed him from all sides, so as almost to suffocate him. And there was a woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years who, who, uh, and who had endured much suffering under the hands of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was no better, but instead grow, grow, uh, grown worse. Okay. Now she's going to all of these doctors, spent all of her money. She's in, she had an impossible situation, a possible illness here. And what is she doing? She had heard the reports concerning Jesus. And she came up behind him in the throng and touched his garment. For she kept saying, if I only touch his garment, I shall be restored to health. Now, what tremendous faith was that? She wasn't even saying if he could just lay hands on me. She said, if I can just reach out and just touch the hem of his garment, then I shall be healed. All right. What tremendous faith was that? She believed, she knew who Jesus was. She believed that he was exactly who Jesus said he was. And she just said, if I can just touch him, all right? Now, 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 now this is where you need to be, all right? That situation in your life right now that is so difficult, that is so challenging, has you so worried, just say to yourself, if I can just reach out and just touch Jesus, okay? If I can just have faith, okay? And we can spiritually still touch Jesus today. Touching Jesus today is by you getting in deep prayer, by you by you reaching out and calling out to him and asking him to just come into your life and take control to turn that situation around, okay? This is touching Jesus today for us, okay? Jesus is not physically here in front of us. He's not physically here in front of us, you know, so we can't reach out and touch the hem of his physical garment, but we can touch and communicate and connect with Jesus spiritually. You know, that's what prayer is all about. That's what belief is deep within your heart. Okay. If I can just pray out to Lord Jesus, if I can just commune with you, if I can just, to, to just touch you spiritually, if I can just speak with you, Lord Jesus, you know, you know, here's my cry. Here's what's going on. You know, please help me. Jesus, I have faith in you. I believe that you will turn that situation around. And you will take care of the financialists. You'll take care of my children. You'll take care of my job issues, my housing issues, whatever it is that's going on. If you've got some legal issues going on, Jesus, if I can just pray to you and you hear my voice, I know. And just, just let me just touch you, reach out and spiritually touch you. I know, Lord Jesus, that you can turn my situation around. If you can say that and have real deep belief in your heart, then it shall come to pass. All right, it will happen. Okay, you may feel like you need a miracle in your life to get you out of this problem that you have. Well, guess what? Our God is a God of miracles. And if you believe, 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 then you'll see a miracle happen for you. Okay, you will see it happen. All right, again, 28. For she kept saying, if I only, um, if I only touch his garments, I shall be restored to health. 29. And immediately her flow of blood was dried up at the source, and suddenly she felt in her body that she was healed of her distressing ailment. You see that? Immediately it happened. And Jesus, recognizing in himself that the power proceeding from him had gone forth, turned around immediately in the crowd and said, who touched me? Who touched my clothes? Who touched my clothes? All right. He, he, he felt it. He felt it. He felt it. And the disciples kept saying to him, you see this crowd pressing hard around you from all sides? And you asked who touched me? 
Right. So they say you got all these people there, and you're saying who touched you? I mean, they're pressing you all over. But Jesus knew. Jesus knew that there was a touch from someone who was acting in tremendous faith. Okay? He knew that there was someone out of all those people there that was touching him, touching him, touching him, and acting out in tremendous faith. Okay? Right. Jesus knows when you call out to him. Jesus knows. Regardless of all the things going on around in the world, and Jesus is ministering to millions, billions of people, me included, okay? Jesus knows. But when you cry out to him in faith, Lord, save me. Turn this situation around. This is what's happening. Jesus recognizes your call. He recognizes your call. He recognizes your touch, if you will, okay? okay? And he will respond. And if you're touching out and you're calling out and you're reaching out in faith, Jesus will turn that situation around in your life. Okay? Right. It says, still he kept looking around to see to see her, to looking around to see her who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had been done for done for her, though alarmed and frightened and trembling, fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith, your faith, your faith, your faith, your trust and confidence in me, springing from faith in God, has restored you to health. Okay, your faith has restored you to health. So your faith will restore you to wherever position where you need to be, wherever you were, perhaps. And maybe things change so much in your life that you are no longer in a position where you were. Okay, in a position I don't necessarily know. Me, it could be in a job, but but whatever state of life that you were in that has that has degraded, you know, or has eroded. Okay, God can restore to you whatever it is that was taken away, what was missing. Okay, what has gone missing? God can restore that because of your faith. All right, read that again. While well, um, uh, he said, her daughter, your faith, your trust and confidence in me, springing from faith in God, has restored you to health. Go in peace and be continually healed and freed from your distressing bodily disease. Okay, go in peace. Go in peace. Go in peace. All right, he restored her health and he told her to go in peace. Okay, okay. When Jesus delivers you and turns your situation around. He, in essence, is going to be saying to you, okay, go in peace. Go in peace, knowing that I have handled the situation. And you will feel a peace come upon you where the worrying will stop, the anxiety will stop, all of your concerns about tomorrow will stop. Right? You'll have the peace of God on you from trusting in God and watching him deliver you. This will happen. He, he will indeed turn your situation around. Verse 35 says, while he was, uh, while he was still speaking, they came from, from the ruler's house who said to Jairus, your daughter has died. You remember he was talking to Jairus originally, Jairus. So now Jairus gets the word that your daughter has died. Why bother and distress the teacher any further? Meaning Jesus. Why bother Jesus any further? Overhearing but ignoring what they said, Jesus said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not be seized with alarm and struck with fear. Only keep on believing. Okay? So you just keep on believing. All right? If you hear negative reports coming to you concerning your situation, if you get some negative feedback, you just keep on believing. You just keep on believing. You just keep on believing. Okay, Because Jesus can turn that situation around and he's going to turn it around. 
So don't so ignore. Pay don't pay attention to anyone, any phone calls, any emails, anything you get in the mail that is negating or trying to negate or cancel out your faith in Jesus turning your situation around. Don't listen to it. Okay? He said that overhearing but ignoring what they said, Jesus said to the ruler, Do not be seized with alarm and struck with fear. Only keep on believing. And he permitted no one to accompany him except Peter and James and John, the brother of James. Okay, going into the house and getting there, going towards the house, he didn't let anyone go with them except for Peter and James and John, the brother of James. Okay, now, what is this saying? If you've got something going on in your life that you're really praying about and you're, you're, you're troubled with and you need to have a situation going around, don't be involved with people who are unbelievers. Don't be involved with people who are non-believers. You don't want people around you that's going to dampen your, your faith. You need people around you that are, are strong in faith. Jesus only took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, who were strong believers. He didn't want to have negative, negative belief if there's any such thing. He didn't want to have, have anyone out there that, that, that was a doubter or a scoffer. Or someone who would who would go to make sense. Look at this. Jesus is coming. The girl is dead. What is he? What is he coming here for? He didn't want anyone scoffing. He wanted people around him, surrounding him, that had strong belief. Okay. So this means that you need to divorce yourself from people that are unbelievers, especially if you've got something really going on in your life. You don't need people around you that don't believe that will try to cancel out your faith. You don't want people around you that will say, are you kidding me? Look what you're going through. Look what you have happening here in front of you. And you think that someone's going to bring you out of that. You think that God, someone may actually say you think God can deliver you from that. This is a done deed in your life. Okay, you don't need that kind of person around you. Okay, well, when David was going to fight Goliath, his brothers tried to discourage him. How can you beat Goliath? You're nothing but a shepherd boy. You know, a skinny, measly a shepherd boy. Um, how can you defeat this Goliath? Okay, he, he he ignored them. He ignored them. So you don't need people like that in your life if you've got a situation going on that you're looking to God to turn something around for you, to turn things around. Okay, cast them out. And I don't care who these negative people. I don't care if they're family members. So your boss, a co-worker, or if you're in school, another student or something like that, you get those people from around you and don't listen to them because they will try and bring you down. Okay, they will try to steal your faith. Okay, uh, again, he permitted no one to accompany him except Peter and James and John, the brother of James. When they arrived at the house of the ruler of the synagogue, he looked carefully and with understanding at the tumult and the people weeping and wailing loudly. Right? They had people in there that were crying because the girl had quote unquote died. Okay, and they had professional what they call professional mourners, and 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 um, uh, back in those days in ancient Israel, there and these were, were people that that were there. They would go to a home where someone had died, and they would be wailing and crying and throwing dust on themselves and so forth like that. You know, going through a, a whole lot of ritual. So he got there and he saw all this commotion, tumult, and the people weeping and wailing loudly. And when he had gone in, he said to them, why do you make an uproar and weep? Okay. Okay. In Jesus, it wasn't a done deed that the girl was dead. Why are you weeping? Why do you make an uproar and weep? The little girl is not dead, but is sleeping. And they laughed and jeered at him. But he put them all out and taking the child's father and mother and those who were with him, he went in there, in there where the girl was lying. Lying. Okay. Now, you, you see, you see, he, he, he put them out. He put them out. You need to put them out. People that are speaking ne negatively about your situation and trying to give you a spirit of unbelief and doubt you need to get them out of your life, okay? Because people indeed laugh at you, okay? They will mock you. 
Look at what's going on. And he's still believing that God's going to step in. God's going to intervene. This has happened already. This has gone on already. And he's still hoping that someone's going to jump out of the sky and, and bail him out. Okay? You need to get those people out of your life. Put them out. Jesus told them to go. All right? And gripping, uh, verse 41, gripping her firmly by the hand, he said to her, Talitha Kumai, which translated is, little girl, I say to you, arise from the sleep of death. And instantly the girl got up and started walking around, for she was 12 years old, and they were utterly astonished and overcome with amazement. Okay? He told her to rise, and instantly she got up. Okay? Arise, and she got up. Arise, and she got up. Jesus, in essence, is going to say to you, arise, arise, and you will be revived. You'll be revived and saved from that situation that is troubling you so much. You will be uh, 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 revived and healed from that situation in your life, from that health matter that is troubling you and worrying you so much. You'll be relieved of the pain that you're going through. Okay? You'll be relieved of, of, of the worry, of the anxiety, of the stress that is in your life because of whatever it is that is troubling you so much. You will be revived, okay? Okay? Because God will turn the situation around if you believe, if you believe. Verse 43, and he strictly commanded and warned them that no one should know this, and he expressly told them to give her something to eat, okay? So here you see she was dead, okay? And the father had the faith, had faith in Jesus. The woman who had the issue of blood, she, she had faith if she could just touch Jesus. Okay. The centurion said, had faith that if Jesus would just speak the word, okay, that the servant would be healed. All right. You have faith that if Jesus can just come into your life and just touch you, he can change and turn that situation around. At the darkest hour of this man's life, when he received the news of his only daughter's death, Jesus, what did he do? He encouraged him to believe. And I'm encouraging you today to believe, to have faith and believe. Only someone who knows things are not over could encourage like that. Jesus knew that, that it wasn't the end, of the end of the game, so to speak. He knew, okay? And that's why he had the, 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 the strength and the power and the faith to tell him to have faith, okay? okay? And I'm saying to you that with Jesus in your life, it's not over. It's not over. You just need to continue to have faith. And most people would simply sympathize, sympathize with his loss and try to comfort him, but Jesus knew that it was not yet over. Faith had already been released when the man declared in verse 23, come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed. And Jesus was already on the job. He was on the case. Because the man believed, he received a miracle. Because you believe, you will receive a miracle. You will be relieved and taken out of that situation that you're in because God will turn it around. People who spent many years uh, in, in problems, um, you know, that without help in the Bible, that it was the woman with a spirit of infirmity who was bent over. That's in Luke 13, verse 11. She had that issue, for that, that situation for 18 years. There was a man who was born blind in John 9, 1. He was like that for 30 plus years. There was a cripple at the gate beautiful in Acts 3, 2. And he was like that for 40 years. And Jesus healed and was healed because of their faith. Amen. Despite many years of illness, Jesus set them all free. Every single one, he set them free. God turned it around for them, and God can also turn it around for you. So I say to you today, what can we learn from this? What can we learn from this? That there is nothing that is past God being able to help. Nothing has gone too far. Okay? It may seem like the situation that you're troubled with now that you're wrestling with is just so far gone that it, it, it can't, be, can't be reversed. You may feel like it's irreversible. 
And you look around at what we hear today, what's going on around us in our communities, in the world, you know, in our nation here, and it just seems like it's just one issue after another. Seems like it's irreversible. You listen to the news and whatnot, and some of them will say it's irreversible. It, 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 it can't be turned around. Well, it can be turned around. It can be turned around. If enough, of, if enough of us in the Church of the Living God get together and we start praying, we start praying and have, have tremendous collective faith, things indeed uh, uh, for this nation, for your town, for the, for the world, will indeed turn, to, turn itself around. God can indeed save. God can work miracles. Okay? But on a personal level, because that's what I really want to talk about today, is on a personal level, if you've got things going on, that you, can, you have that faith and believe, you know, God can turn it around. When Lazarus was dead and in his tomb, Jesus came on the scene and said, take away the stone. Remember that? Take away the stone. That's in John 11, verse 39. Take away the stone. And he was declaring, I am not through here yet. Basically, that's what he was saying. Take away that stone. I am not through here. And then he raised Lazarus from the dead. He said, remove that stone. Lazarus, rise, come out. And he came out of that tomb. Often when we face challenges, we roll the stone of hopelessness and despair in front of the situation and give up all hope that it can change. All right? That's what we do. We roll the stone in front of the situation and we just kind of give up. We retreat into our own tombs and, and just say, we've got this stone here and it's, uh, I'm done. I'm done. It, I, it can't be fixed. Things can't be turned around. Okay? That's, that's what we in essence do. But Jesus is saying to you today, move that stone out of the way. All right? Jesus is saying to you today, move that stone out of the way. Because I can and I will do something. But move that stone away. Okay? Don't keep that stone there as a blockage between me and you, Jesus is saying. Okay? The same way I raised Lazarus, the same way I raised Jairus' daughter, and on and on and on, everything that we just read. I can do the same for you. Okay? I can turn that situation around. Do not give up hope, I say to you today. Do not give up hope. Do not think that there is nothing that can be done. God can change everything and turn any situation around, even when the world has given up on all hope and say there is nothing that can be done. Jesus can turn it around. Listen to those doctors just giving you, telling you things that all hope is lost. There's no cure. We don't know what else to do for you. Jesus knows what else to do for you. All right. So don't be giving up. Okay? When the doctors have given up, don't you give up. God can do what is needed. He can do what is necessary when we simply put our faith in him. All right? He can turn it around. Okay? I don't care what it is. He can turn it around. Put your faith in Jesus. There's one vital lesson to learn from the ministry of Jesus. When challenges come and we get desperate, it is not our desperation that gets God to move us. It's our faith. Okay? All right? Let me say that again. When challenges come and, and get desperate, and we get desperate when challenges come, it is not our desperation that gets God to move for us. It is our faith. The man in John 4, 46 there, whose son was near death, was focused on the challenge. Jesus talked to him about believing and redirected his attention onto believing Jesus' words. Okay? The father of the epileptic boy in Mark, Mark 9 cried out to Jesus in desperation, but Jesus coached him and encouraged him to believe, redirecting his desperation into faith before he started helping him. Okay? So I'm saying to you today, being desperate for God, being desperate for God to, 
to, to fix or change or turn your situation around is simply enough. Not enough. You need to make sure that you have faith. You've heard me say many, many times that one of the most effective prayers is, God help me, God help me. Okay, And I say that meaning that sometimes a simple prayer like God help me, instead of just having a whole elaborate King James Version, these thousand, you know, you know, words in your prayer to God, a simple God, please help me, okay, okay, it is, is a powerful prayer, but followed by that and coupled with that has to be your faith, okay, crying out to God is not enough, you have to have faith that he has heard you and that he has answered you, all right, okay, so yes, while a God help me is, is, a, is a powerful, simple, very, very powerful prayer, if it isn't combined with faith, then it's a useless prayer, okay? It's a useless cry out to God, okay? Your faith is what activates, what activates the power of God in your life. The two blind men, they cried out for mercy. And then what did Jesus say to them? Do you believe? Okay? Two blind men, Jesus, help us. They cried out to them. Jesus, right away, Jesus said, do you believe? So I say to you today, do you believe? Do you believe that God is powerful enough right now to step into your life and take that situation and simply turn it around so it's not there anymore, to relieve you of the pressure, of the worry? Okay. You may not know where tomorrow is going, but God does. You may not know what tomorrow is going to bring, but God does. Do you trust him? Do you have faith? Do you believe in him? The world is indeed full of, uh, of, of desperate people whose circumstances are not changing. But the Bible tells us that faith is the victory that overcomes the world and all things are possible to him who believes. All right? Faith is the key to bringing change to desperate circumstances, allowing God's power to move in those circumstances. Mark 9, 23 says, Jesus said to him, if you can believe all things are possible to him who believes. All right? So I say to you, do you believe? All things are possible to him who believes. 1 John 5, 4 says, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Our faith will overcome the world. There's so much wrong that is going on, but through our faith, we can indeed overcome the world. Right? And God will indeed turn it around. So I say to you today in closing here that no matter what you are facing, put your faith and confidence in God who can turn it around. Believe God. Nothing is too hard or impossible for him. He can and will turn your situation around and bring you out on top to give you the victory. So don't get discouraged, but realize that there is hope. Don't get discouraged. Realize there is hope. Keep your eyes on God and his word. Put your trust in him and believe that he can turn it around. Okay? That's the key. You have to believe. Okay? So as we go into the balance of the day and the week that ahead of you, that is ahead of you, whatever comes your way, okay, whatever comes your way, just remember to give it to, give it to God, to call on Jesus, strive to reach out and touch him and do all of that with belief in your heart that God will respond and that he can indeed turn your situation around. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. I pray and I hope this message was a blessing for you. Amen. And uh, um, if it was, why don't you give the links to uh, where we can be reached. That's www.genesis1.sermon.net. www.genesis1.sermon.net. 
If you look at the top of the page, you'll see a subscribe button. Click on that, and then you'll be notified when these uh, messages are released. Released, you're automatically notified when the messages come out. Uh, we are, we're also on YouTube, Genesis One Christian Ministries. We still have our free apps for Android and Apple devices. And through those apps and our website, you can download these messages in audio-only form or, of course, the video uh, anytime you want, all free of charge. You know, just download them. We want the word to get out and cover the whole world um, as much as, as possible. Amen. Amen. So so pass on these links to family, friends, loved ones, or maybe even someone who's giving you a hard time because God wants them to be saved also. Amen. Amen. So I praise God. I, I pray you were blessed by the message. And now why don't we uh, just remember that, remember to, to always believe. Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we praise you and magnify thy name. We thank you so much for this time that we've had with you, O Lord God. And we pray that we shall remember these words, O Lord God, and have supernatural faith and believe and trust in you for all things that are going on in our lives. Heavenly Father God, you know what's going on in everyone's life. You know what's happening in my life, O Lord God, and I pray. You know what's happening in every listener's life, O Lord. So I pray that these words have spoken to them and have touched them, Lord God, and that they will indeed grow to have unswervable, unmovable faith and trust and believe in you and believe that you can turn any situation around in their lives. Heavenly Father God, we praise you, we magnify thy name, we glorify you in the master's name of Jesus. Amen, amen, and amen. Praise God, praise God again. Okay, go forth and remember that you can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens you, okay, and that God can indeed turn anything around in your life. Go forth and believe with a strong faith and a strong faith. Okay, and know that always that Jesus is Lord. And I sing praises to you.